Looks like JP Morgan is banning cannabis stocks on their platform for their prime brokerage clients. Uh, I'll talk a little bit about what that might mean for the cannabis industry. And then we also saw that Tilray shares uh, aren't doing so well. They've lost about a third of their market share. Looks like soccer moms are finding alternative products. Talk about that all coming up. Welcome back to The Talking Hedge. I'm Josh Kincaid, Capital Markets Analyst and host of your Cannabis Business Podcast. So diving into this Marijuana Business Daily article that Canadian producer Tilray's seen about a third of their market share in Canada evaporate since they merged with Afria back in May, suggesting that uh, while their rival, Oxley Cannabis Group, has more than doubled its position over the same period. So the latest market share data from October indicates that the biggest licensed producers continue to hold flatter falling shares of the market, while smaller, more focused companies appear to be picking up more of those sales. I think the movement maybe has happened a lot faster when we were talking about needing the equivalent of the, the microbrewery equivalent, where people are really kind of focusing on terpenes and the experience rather than just trying to have a quarter million square foot facility. Um, you know, and it produced massive amounts. Like, I guess there's a, there's a need for Budweiser and Miller and some of those macro beers. Um, you know, not that long ago in Japan, you, you order Namabiru. That's give me a draft beer. You don't even ask for the brand. It was crazy actually thinking about it, <laughs> but with cannabis, it's not that way at all. So you're seeing a lot of these smaller companies uh, do a lot better because they understand the marketplace. And I've been saying this for a long time about um, canopy growth, um, you know, having the, the individuals in, in, in place where they are, where they're able to write off $3 billion and then just move on to the, farm, the uh, psychedelic industry, um, you know, it doesn't really leave everybody else in a good position. And I think that with Tilray, Brandon Kennedy, not, you know, I, here's what I said. So I said, it's not a surprise when Tilray's management practically bragged about not coming from the cannabis industry. So it shouldn't be a surprise that the brand is becoming obsolete. They barely resonated with the customers and now soccer moms are finding alternative products. That's what I tweeted back on November 5th. And I said, take note, corporate America, you need to understand the cannabis industry if you want to be a long-term player in the space. Uh, and that's exactly how I feel about that. Um, Brandon Kennedy basically was like, we didn't come from cannabis. We don't know cannabis. We're doing our own thing. And they kind of were this sideways move for a long time, right? And then all of a sudden, uh, they got bought out. That was the plan the whole time. Get as many soccer moms as you can, just like, you, you know, these zombie companies that have downloads that, that are freemium and no one's paying for the actual model. And then they just kind of sell the model to somebody and it, and it collapses. That's why Canopy had to write off $3 billion. Aurora had to write off a billion. You have all these ideas, people buying stuff, doesn't really work out because nobody knows what they're doing. <clears throat> Having said that, from a technical perspective, uh, it looks like the shares beaten down might have up to a 45% pop uh, on a technical, but the fundamentals aren't there uh, and haven't been. So I think that brand is pretty much on its way out. And this is like maybe the last squeeze of life it has. Tilray's stock won't be affected by JP Morgan Chase deciding to restrict purchases of cannabis-related shares on its platform. Um, 
basically what happened back um, on November 8th, according to Reuters, they were citing a JP Morgan letter to clients when they said that uh, JP Morgan is no longer going to allow their prime brokerage clients to buy U.S. cannabis-related stocks. So um, they were cited saying that uh, JP Morgan has introduced a framework that is designed to comply with U.S. money laundering laws and regulations, therefore restricting certain activities in the securities of U.S. marijuana-related businesses, MRBs. So that's only going to apply to over-the-counter OTC stocks, penny stocks, um, and then limit new acquisitions and shorting of those equities. So JP Morgan, they also noted that those cannabis-related businesses are, that are fully compliant with federal U.S. laws, therefore the non-plant-touching ones, they can be listed on the NASDAQ New York Stock Exchange or the Toronto Stock Exchange and continue to be permitted to trade. But after November 8th, clients and positions of MRBs on the um, OTC penny stocks they're going to have to liquidate, they're only going to be able to liquidate their sh shares, uh, meaning it's to be set to real-time sell. So they won't have to sell it when they do, they can't buy more, uh, it's set to only real-time sell. So um, they're, they're not the only ones though. Credit Suisse, they told their clients that they were calling off all transactions involving MRBs in the US. And that led to a somewhat of a significant sell-off in cannabis stocks. And then recently, September, there's another company, Cohen, they're a US bank. Um, they're kind of active in the cannabis trading space. They raise cash margin requirements for all cannabis-related trades on their platform. Um, so... New York Stock Exchange and NASDAQ, just to clarify, they allow cannabis firms, including Canadian ones, that don't sell cannabis. They allow them to list on uh, both exchanges, but prohibit companies that have direct cultivation or selling cannabis that's still federal illegal. Some of these uh, OG, the M MJNA, the very first cannabis company to go public, I just spoke with him on a panel for Seeking Alpha interview um, with Luis Merchan and Becky of HD Compliance. Um, Becky Poster, and that was a really good panel discussion. Uh, they gave me their immediate thoughts on it, uh, which I tend to agree that um, it's a smaller platform. It, it, JP Morgan's a little tone deaf. Um, I'm not entirely sure that they're blocking it at all. I had another uh, interview with Seeking Alpha where I asked a previous JP Morgan executive if he thought this was a head fake, meaning they say they're not going to, but they will. We saw that with crypto. They said, oh, crypto is bad. Jamie Dimon, the CEO of JP Morgan is like, oh, crypto is bad. And then bam, he comes up with Silvergate. They have a whole platform for it now. Oh, this is the safe one. Come to the safe house. This is the only place you can go for safe crypto. Okay, well, where, where, where's your green gate or whatever? Give me a break. Um, they're going to take the money, but they're going to create this thing where like, you can't buy this until it's safe. And then like, voila. It's the Hegelian dialectic. We have a solution. There's a problem. We just have to create this problem out of nowhere. And then, ah, oh, solution. Here you go. Um, so that's what I think. Um, but that's just my bias. You should have seen the look on this guy's face. He was freaking classic. He's just like, you're an idiot. This, they just are following the law. This is about the law. And I'm like, yeah, but they've been doing it forever. So that also means either some, they know something like federal legalization is happening and the OTC, OTC stocks are not compliant. And so when this Republican-led bill that came out, we're going to cover that in another podcast, that may have changed a lot of stuff. So that I mean, we're just like cleaning house and being like, let's get this out of here. This stuff's going legit. Let's hope for that.
Um, but in the meantime, you got this cannabis stocks or remaining momentum stocks or Momo stocks kind of just rolling through with news rather than independently breaking out. It seems like they're just kind of flowing with legalization and it's like November, right? The last time they moved at all was November and they went through the end of January and then retraced another 60%. And now they're finally moving again. Um, but hopefully, um, with the Safe Banking Act or something else, we'll get some significant um, uh, decoupling and independent movements here because I think that's a huge thing because um, uh, that's one of the, the, the bigger deals. We talked about the Safe Banking Act being the biggest challenge in the cannabis industry. And then we hypothesized um, about the uh, accessing banking and how it would have made a difference for early cannapreneurs if that Republican-led bill that was submitted um, legalized, it would advance the industry by giving everybody access to automation and scaling, SBA loans, um, it, regular writing off of your employee wages. Immediately, you're going to see cannabis stocks go up just for that reason alone, because all of a sudden their margins are going to look a lot better because they're able to write off those uh, employee expenses. Um, so that's going to be a pretty big deal. Um, in terms of advice on how to prepare and stay ahead of a volatile regulatory environment, have the right people in place. Um, you know, you essentially want to be the dumbest guy in the room and know when to get out of the way. Have somebody in compliance who knows what they're doing. Um, some red flags or you have a CPA who's supposed to be a CFO. A chief financial officer is not an accountant. It's not the same thing uh, at all. And if you don't understand that, you need to get out of your own way and let somebody else make decisions who knows what those differences are. <clears throat> Having an attorney as your head of compliance doesn't always make sense unless that attorney has compliance experience with cannabis. Um, so you got to really know kind of who you're putting in charge, I think is a, is a really big part of that. Remaining in compliance is not cheap. Um, so you got to kind of protect yourself, staying in compliance that has perpetual potential changes. Um, and we also looked at same store sales. I asked a question, has that peaked? Um, as a lot of these companies are coming out, uh, looking at some sales analysis, we're going to come out with a report that kind of shows that maybe sales did peak in May, but with legalization, that would change the whole game. <clears throat> and so that would be a really big deal. So talk about how same store sales have maybe peaked as of May, but with the introduction of beverages that could cross state lines, that would impact a lot. So as of things right now, maybe could be uh, inflation, people cutting back. Um, I think people are going back into the stores more because the uh, delivery in California is 65 bucks. And so people are going in because they want to spend less. Interesting trend there for sure. We'll dive into that in a different report, different podcast. Um, and then in terms of um, being able to cross state lines internationally, some people are expecting that to happen as soon as next year. I don't anticipate that until the um, 2025. I think that's going to be when um, at least we see some really strong movement, if not just an executive order. But ultimately, I don't think that blocking cannabis for just JP Morgan, they don't have enough of a following to really impact the industry that much. <clears throat> but maybe it's a positive sentiment down the road that there's going to be federal legalization. I know there's a lot of investors that still want it to remain illegal to give them first mover advantages. 
but it's a little bit tone deaf considering that they're going to be on the wrong side of history. Um, but again, maybe they're just trying to clean house. Let me know what you think. With that, we're going to roll this one up. I'm Josh Kincaid. This is The Talking Hedge. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe, or don't, and I'm out. Don't forget to smash that like button on your way out and check out these other videos that we've got. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hi, y'all. I'm Joe host of Casually Baked the Podcast. If you're curious to explore the highly responsible side of cannabis, farming, and legalization, I'm here to help lighten the stigma and build your can of confidence. Download episodes now of Casually Baked the Podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. And journey with me through the evolving cannabis culture and discover how and why people like you are adding cannabis to their wellness toolkit. It's time to get casually baked.